Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the goodness of God. We thank you for your glory manifest in this place that we have seen your goodness. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the goodness that you want to reveal to humanity through this church. And we thank you for the ultimate expression of your glory in sending Jesus Christ as Redeemer, as Savior, and as King. We worship you and we praise you. We receive the word this morning, expecting the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth, that uh, it would illuminate us, that we would have revelation, and that we would see ourselves in the word, and that it would produce doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Well, as you know, we're in a series. What's new, huh? But a series on kingdom favor and uh, influence, being influencing our world. You know, it, it's amazing that you can see that when people allow God to use them, no matter where they are. You know, we talk about these spheres of influence that, that we all are in. Um, one, of, one of them that I heard and seen um, at the concert was amazing. There, were, there was a, uh, um, a production, it's part of the production crew, and he was working there, and one of our teenagers, our young, young, young adults there, was working, working along with him, and, and he was asking him, he was asking him, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And uh, his answer was, I don't know, something fun. What do, you want to, or what do you want to do, he said, and something fun. And he started a conversation with him, and he says, you know, you, you know you, what you need to do is find something that you love. Find something that you love and then figure out how to make money doing it. He's a production crew, crew for a concert, and he had a job to do. But he realized that he was more than that. He was a representative of the kingdom, and that God placed a person, an individual in his life that he could speak, speak into and have influence over. It's that simple. It's that simple. That's how... It works. That's how we, that the kingdom of God influences our world. That's how the kingdom of God influences people. God puts you in a situation and you allow him to work through you. And as we've seen, that's how he works throughout the entire Bible. In Esther, chapter 2, verse 15, it says, And Esther found favor in the eyes of all who saw her. We're, gonna go just, we're just going to go recap real, real quick. If uh, you haven't been here for the first two, get online. Um, you can watch it on video or listen to it on audio. Subscribe to the podcast. It, uh, get caught up because it's good. At least that's what you guys said. It was good. No. No, but we, we need to learn how to operate in God's favor. It also says in Esther chapter 2, verse 17, the king loved Esther more than all the women, and she found favor and kindness with him more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. And I don't want to dwell on this, but she went from being a 
in bondage people group. She was a Jew. She was in the Babylonian captivity to being made queen. That's what the favor of God can do for you. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Now God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. And we know that Daniel, again, um, someone that was a Jewish person that was uh, in the Babylonian captivity, was raised up to the second in command through four Babylonian rulers. And like I said, that's where the Magi came from, that came to worship Jesus. They heard about this Messiah that was going to come from Daniel as his favor continued in that system, in that kingdom for hundreds of years after his death. That's awesome. In Luke chapter 1, verse 28, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Mary found favor in the sight of God. God just didn't throw a pebble out or throw something out and say, I'm just going to pick one. No, Mary had God's eye on her. Mary had God's heart. Apparently, Mary was a, was a, a girl, because she was a young girl at the time, that had a passion that her heart, her desire was the desire of God. In Luke chapter 130, it, it continues, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And in Luke chapter 2, 52, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. And I'm telling you, if Jesus had to walk in the favor of God, I think we do. We do too. And he continued to grow in that. And that's a little bit what we're going to be talking about today is that we need to grow. We have to be faithful with what favor we currently have if we're going to grow in more and more favor. And we need to have favor both with God and with man because favor can go two way. And we, talked, we left off last week talking about the church needs a dose of God's favor. We need to um, come to the revelation. We have to be illuminated. We have to awaken to this idea that God wants to accomplish something in the world through ordinary, average individuals like us. And you're thinking, he can't do anything with me. He took Esther and made her queen. In a couple of weeks, I, I thought this was going to be a short series, but it, it, it can't be. We got to look at Joseph still. And we're going to see that Joseph was in prison and was raised up to prime minister from the, the, low, the prison to second command over Egypt. Don't tell me God can't use you. The only thing that's keeping God from using you is you saying he can't use you. See, the Bible says that we are called to be the head and not the tail. And we talked about this last week, that when you're the head, you are influencing. You are, taking, you are leading the way. And, and unfortunately, the church has become the tail. 
We're always trying to play catch up with where culture is trying to take us. We're, trying, we're always known for what we're against rather than what we're for. And so we become, we become a people that are seen as hateful. We, we're seen as people that are always against, people that are always pointing the finger. And the reason why is because we're not leading. We're not the head, we're the tail. Light is supposed to lead people out of the darkness. We need to be people of influence. And I typed influence in my search bar. And the definition came up. And the first one, the first definition is this. The, a power affecting a person, thing, or course of events, especially one that operates without any direct or apparent effort. I'm telling you, if you influencing people, you trying to, to um, be someone that shapes and molds culture, shapes and molds uh, your community, shapes and molds your workplace, shapes and molds your home, if you're needing to use a lot of effort, if you have to force it, you're not operating in the favor of God. Favor causes things, it causes things to be affected without any direct or apparent effort. The second, the second definition is more of a natural influence, and it means to sway or affect based on prestige, wealth, ability, or position. And there's nothing wrong with using this type of influence either. But as a believer, we must never trust in wealth, ability, prestige, or position. We trust in the favor of God that has put us in those positions, that has given us wealth, given us ability, given us prestige. See, that's the thing of it is, is that when you operate in the favor of God, that, that, natural, that natural ability, that natural influence will come along with it eventually. It will come along with it. And God always warned about it. He told, he told Israel when they come into the promised land, you know, when you've got vineyards you didn't plant, homes you didn't build, and you're living the blessed life, don't forget it is the Lord your God that gives you the power to get wealth so that he might establish his covenant in the world. See, that's the just same with thing with Abraham. Abraham found favor with God, Right? And he increased. He was a small kingdom by himself. He went and fought battles. His, his, his influence got so big that him and his, his nephew, Lot, had to separate and go in two different directions. And, and Lot, Lot he, he, he understood the favor of God so much that he said, you pick. You pick the prime land. You pick the best land. You can have whatever you want. Why? Because he knew where his favor came from. He knew where his wealth, he knew where his prosperity, he knew where his livelihood came from. It came from the Lord. And Lot picked one way. Abraham took the other. 
and Abraham continued to be successful and prosperous. The kings of Sodom came, and they fought the battle to win back um, Lot and his nephew. You guys know the story. And he came and wanted to give the spoils, the spoils of war to Abraham. And Abraham, you know, most of us said, woohoo, bless the Lord. I, yeah, I'll take it. But Abraham understood where his resources came from. And he rejected those wealth, that wealth. And he said, least you say that you made Abraham rich. And no one made Abraham rich but the Lord thy God. That's a man that understood favor. That's a man that understood God's provision. That's, that's a man that understood where his influence in the earth came from. So there's nothing wrong with, with having wealth. There's nothing wrong with having ability. There's nothing wrong with position. But we must not confuse that with where true favor comes from, and that's from God. Biblical influence is growing in, the favor, in favor with God and man. So what do you want to accomplish in life? What do you want to accomplish in life? What has God called you to? What is in your heart? What is in your heart? See, most people are afraid to face that answer. Most, most, of, most people are afraid to, to even ask, what is your will for me, God? What, and most of us have spent the majority of our life pressing down the desires of our heart that God has put in there. And you know want to know why? Because of the fear of, the fear of suffering. The fear of suffering. Because life, this, this, hear me out here, life is all about suffering. Life is all about suffering. What do I mean? What do I mean? You have to choose how you're going to suffer. I'm going to use a very easy one, okay? Be you have to choose how you're going to eat, when you're going to eat, how much you're going to eat, what you're going to eat. Did I say that already? You're going to have to choose when you eat how you're going to suffer. Because the body does not like to suffer. The body likes pleasure. The body likes pleasure. So you could eat a piece of pie but the body wants the whole pie. So you can choose to suffer in that moment and, and take, tell your body, no, you're not having the whole pie. You're only having a piece of the pie. And you suffer. I choose to suffer in that moment. Or you can choose to receive indulgence of overpleasure and suffer later. Life is all about how we're going to suffer. And the reason why so many of us push down what God wants to do in our life is because we think it leads to suffering. But you don't realize that you're going to suffer in the end anyways. How, Chad? Feeling insignificant. Feeling like your life didn't matter. Feeling, right? 
Our flesh does not want to suffer. It's always looking for pleasure. But how many know, uh, how many know that much pleasure will lead to much suffering? Listen. Did I say all this already? Listen, you are a living being. And like every single living being God has created, it was designed to thrive, to grow, to be fruitful, and to multiply. Right? The parable of the talents, and we'll probably talk about this someday down the road because i got a lot to talk about. But we're not going to turn to it right now. But you guys all know the parable of the talents, right? That's what that's all about. It's about thriving. It's about being fruitful. It's about multiplying. Right? And my question to you, and I asked it to the Wednesday, it just bounced off the Wednesday night group, and I got a good response, so I'm going to say it to you. Out of those men that received the talents, which one are you? Which one are you? Are you being faithful with God has given to you right now, right here? Or have you pushed down what God has given you? Because you're fearful. You're fearful. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up in the 80s, and that's when America had the war on drugs. And we had the, that worked out good, that uh, you find out that the government, oh, well, I better be quiet. Well, anyways, the war on drugs. And they had a commercial, right? Remember that commercial? A bunch of kids standing around talking about what they want to be when they grow up. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a policeman. You know, they, and, and then it concludes with saying, no one ever says when they want to grow up, I want to be a junkie. See, no one starts off thinking, I hope I have no impact on this world. I hope my life doesn't touch anybody. I hope no one is changed or, or, or comes to know Christ. I hope no one, no, one, no one is affected by knowing me. No one thinks that way, do they? I hope my entire existence is overlooked and meaningless. No one, no one thinks that way. And the problem is, is that we disqualify ourselves. We must not disqualify ourselves. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie that you are insignificant. Don't believe the lie that it's too late. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 5 years old or you're 99 years old or you're 110 years old. You can make a difference. You are here for purpose. You are here for destiny. You can affect someone's life, even if it's simply saying to a young man, what do you want to do when you grow up? Find something that you love and figure out how you're going to make money at it and do that. Do you know how many, how many of you wish that you were given that advice? 
after working 20, 30, 40 years at a job you hate. Right? You can change someone's life so simple. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie that, you, that you're disqualified. You matter to God, and he has a plan for your life. You matter to God. And this isn't some religious thing. you got to believe it in your own heart. You need the revelation that you matter to God and that he has an individual blueprint on your life and that you are here for a divine purpose. Don't believe the lie. You're sitting here. I, I, can, I know that you're sitting here, and you might be nodding your head. You might be acting like you agree, but deep down inside, you're not agreeing with me. You have divine purpose. See, you didn't show up on the scene because of your mom and dad. Your mom and dad didn't make you. God made you, and you came through your mom and dad. You came through your mom and dad, but God is the one that birthed you out of his love. He planned you. He predestinated you to be here at this time, this moment. You matter to God, and he has a plan for your life, and if you will work with him, he will do amazing things with your life. Esther didn't think that she could, he could do anything with her life. But she had an uncle, Mordecai, that says, what happens if God, what, was it, what, did, what did God say? That God predestined, that God um, puts you here in, for such a time as this, right? And what did she do? She rescued the entire Jewish people. And in doing so, she saved us because Jesus was coming through that lineage. And if she failed, Jesus would not have come. Again, it's the two kingdoms warring against each other in the earth. Satan has always tried to snuff out and stop the promises of God. All life is either growing or dying. There is no standing still. You cannot stand still. As soon as you start standing still, you go backwards in life. Your body right now is growing. You got cells that are just popping up all over you. If you, if you stopped if, all they, if they stop moving, if they stop working, if they stop producing, guess what? You die. All life is that way. As soon as life stops producing, it dies. As soon as you stop growing, you die. You can't live off last year's revelation that God's given you. You can't, you can't even live off... A lot of people think you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and then you're done. No, you got to continually be filled. Continually be walking in that fellowship with God. Continue, fill us up, Lord, daily in relationship with God. 
So are we growing? Are we growing in our relationships with God? Are we growing in our knowledge of the word? Are we growing in our relationships with one another? As soon as a husband and a wife stop growing in their relationship, when they stop working on their relationship and, and spending time together, carving out special time together, not allowing the kids to get in the way, the relationship starts to die. Some of you have friends that you haven't taken time to spend time with. And the relationship starts to die. Right? Do you see how, how that works in everything? If it's not growing, it's dying. Are you growing in wisdom? Are you growing in wisdom? You can educate yourself. You can get online. You can go to on um, um, I, 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 podcasts. They even have um, university podcasts where you can sit in on Harvard classes. You can educate yourself through a Harvard education. You might not get the dung to hang on the wall. That's what Paul calls it. But at least you get the, uh, the, the wisdom to use in this world. Are you growing in understanding? What's the difference between wisdom and understanding? Wisdom is knowledge. Understanding is using the knowledge. There's no sense of knowing things if you're not going to use it, if you don't know how to use it, right? You might be able to teach how a rocket goes to the moon, but can you fly a rocket to the moon? There's a difference. One person has knowledge or wisdom. The other person has understanding and how to use that knowledge. Are you growing in your finances? Right? We need to continue growing in our finances. If, if you're not growing, you're dying. Are you growing in your kingdom purpose? Are you growing in favor with God and man? We were created to grow. We were created to be fruitful. We were created to thrive. See, your situation is not unique. Your situation is not unique. See, this is one of the things that the devil uses to disqualify you. And if it wasn't for the favor of God, if it wasn't for the ability of Christ in you, the hope of glory, if it wasn't for God, then I might think that you might be limited by your situation. But we have a living God that can do amazing things. And so none of our situations are unique. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you, but, but such as is common to man. What that is saying is your situation is not unique. Your situation is not unique. Yes, you might have had different happenings to happen to you. You might have diff different things. You might have tragic things. You might have had things that happened in your life that didn't happen in my life, but your situation is no different than my situation. How? Is, how? Because we can choose in those circumstances. The choice in those circumstances is the same for everyone because life happens to us all. Fear shows up at everybody's doorstep. 
You might, you might be struggling because you, you, got, you make $10,000 and you got $12,000 worth of bills. You can be a billionaire that has a billion dollars with $2 billion worth of bills. It's not, the, the, the wrestle that happens in everyone's heart, the choice that we have to make in whether we're going to be a victor or a victim faces us all. Do you understand that? We need to choose if we're going to be a victim or a victor in Christ Jesus. Are we going to believe that I can do all things through Christ who, who gives me strength? Right? In the moment... In your circumstances, when you think that you're disqualified from going any further, from, uh, from bettering yourself, from being a person of influence, from being used by God, are you going to believe what the world has told you? Are you going to believe the lies of the devil? Or are you going to believe that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? That's the choice we have. Are we going to believe God or we're not going to believe God? Are you going to believe that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Right? A lot of us are disqualified because of our past. A lot of us are disqualified because of things that we've done. Some of us are disqualified in us, disqualified because of things that you've done this morning that God can never use you. God doesn't see you in your sin. He sees you in Christ. Why should we stop sinning? So we could stop disqualifying ourselves. So we can stop disqualifying ourselves. Do you believe that you, do you, in those circumstances, those choices, do you, do you, are you choosing to have faith in God? Because God said, or Jesus said that, have faith in God, for nothing is impossible to him who believes. Your circumstance is not unique. Everything that you face might, what you face might be different than what I face, but we both have the same decision to make. Are we going to believe God or are we going to believe in, in our circumstances? Right? See, life is not about just having faith to go to heaven one day. So many people think that Christianity is irrelevant because we're not living it. We're not living it in our daily life. We're not living it in our jobs. We're not living it in our relationships. We're not living it. We're not believing God to do, uh, do greater things in our life. For God is able to do more than you can ever dream or imagine. Now, do you see how that scripture goes on? In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you but such is common to man. And it says, God is faithful. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. No matter what your circumstances is, the temptation will come. Am I going to believe God in this circumstance or am I going to believe that... I'm disqualified. Am I going to believe that it's over? Am I going to believe what the devil is saying? God is there in those circumstances, and he is able to give us the ability to endure. See, by rejecting the lie that you are powerless, because that's what it is, it, those lies come to you to make you feel powerless. 
we can believe and allow God to empower us. And this is how you overcome in any situation. We grow in favor. We grow in favor. How many of you want to grow in the favor of God? How many of you want to see God? How many of you are tired of, of how your life is and, and you want to be used and you don't want to get to the end of your life and wonder, is, did I have any impact on the earth at all? See, those who are faithful with little are faithful with much. We need to be faithful being an employer or an employee before you can be an employer. If you're not faithful, if you don't know how to be faithful being an employee, how are you ever going to be a faithful employer? So many people don't want to be faithful with little. If you're not faithful being a student, how can you be a teacher? If you're not faithful with $10,000, you're not going to be faithful with $100,000. And we see that played over and over again every time someone wins a lottery. Within a few years, they're completely bankrupt again and worse off than when they started because they haven't learned to be faithful with that which is little. You have to be faithful leading a Bible study before you can be in front of the pulpit the full, full time. So start, we despise small beginnings. But Chad, I don't want to suffer right now. I just want, to, I want it to be easy. No, life is all about how you're going to suffer. I just want to sit back and watch TV and, and, and expect life is going to be good. I don't want to paint the house. I don't want to clean the house. I don't want to. The list can go on and on. Do you see how life is all about choosing how you're going to suffer? You're either going to suffer eventually or you can choose to suffer now. Being a person of influence is not something we force. It's a pro it's a progression of being faithful, trusting God, and allowing him to give you the increase. See, it's the seed principle. Everything in the kingdom of God works like seed. First the blade, then the head, then the full mature grain in the head. You don't go from a seed to a harvest. See, the problem is, is too many people despise small beginnings, but what God is doing is he's building character in you. He's equipping you. He's, getting, he's preparing you for where he wants to take you. Because if he moved you from where you are now to where he wants to take you, your heart is not prepared for the temptations that you're going to find in that place. Some of you th think that if I just had more money, life would be better. Money is just a magnifier. All, mo all money does, if you want, <laughs> the more money you get, it magnifies your true nature. Most people aren't sinning like we see people in Hollywood and stuff like that, drugs, alcohol. Um, party and all that stuff. They're not doing that stuff because they don't got the money to do it. But if their character isn't formed, when they do have the money, that's why they, people go off the deep end. You understand that? We have to prepare ourselves to where, for where God wants to take us. And that's why God doesn't take us from zero to 100 because it would wreck us. And he loves us too much to do that to us. 
See, God loves everyone, but he can't trust everyone. God wants the best for everyone, but he can't trust everyone with his favor. As we've seen, God likes, he favors, has attraction to certain people. What causes that attraction? God is attracted to people that value what he values, that are open to being used by God to accomplish his purpose in the earth. God loves all of humanity and wants the best for each of us, but he can't trust all of humanity with his divine favor. He looks for those who have set their hearts on what he has also set his hearts on, his heart on. People who think like him, walk like him, talk like him, believe like him, smell like him. That's who God is interesting. He's interesting for people that are representing him, that look like him. And you can be encouraged today. You can be encouraged because as a Christian, as a Christian, when God looks at you, he doesn't see you, he sees Christ. He sees Christ. Because of the great exchange that happened 2,000 years ago, Jesus died in our place so that you no longer stand on our, your own merit. You are in Christ Jesus. You are hidden in Christ Jesus. You stand in Christ. So God sees Jesus when he looks at you. He hears Jesus, smells Jesus. Now what do you see? What do you see? When you look in the mirror, do you see a failure? Do you see, do you see a sinner? Do you see, or do you see the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Do you see a more than a conqueror? Do you see a world overcomer? Do you see someone that can do all things through Christ who gives them strength? What do you see? See, in 1 John four seventeen it says, As he is, speaking of Jesus, so are you in this world. As Jesus is right now sitting at the right hand of God, so are you in this world. Do you believe that? The favor of God separates you. See, when we start seeing ourselves with that way, when we start um, um, turning our eyes onto what God's looking at, when we start being usable vessels that are usable because we've made ourselves usable, we're willing vessels to be used by God. When we start stop chasing after what we think is best for our life, choose to what we think is going to be suffering, and allow God's favor to come on our life and see that we live a lot better life, a more blessed life by going God's way than our own way, when we start seeing those things, God separates you. He, he separates you. God's favor, the anointing, separates you from thought patterns of this world. You think, start thinking differently. You're motivated differently. See, so you go into certain situations where you could be envious, you could be insecure, you could be irritated, you could be perplexed, you could be fearful. And the favor of God separates you. There's a favor, there's, a, there's an influence that comes on you that in the midst of storms, in the midst of circumstances, in the midst of, of what are we going to do? And I'm talking about not, I'm talking about in a business. You're, you're, you're an employee and everybody thinks that 
There's no answer for this, this issue that's happening here. And everybody's panicking. And you're able to walk in the favor of God and the wisdom of God. So when you are in a place put in influence, you know what to do when you get there. You have a divine God, like Pastor Tom said, that God will tell you what you need to say when you get there. God favor, favor separates you from the old patterns in Adam and puts you into Christ so you can accomplish what God wants to accomplish without all the, all the junk of the world getting in the way. See, there's times when there's an anointing, there's a favor on me. And there's sometimes you can run across me when I'm not walking in the anointing and favor. Right? So I don't always have all the answers. But I know who does. And we need to learn to constantly walk in the Spirit. And when we walk in the Spirit, what does the Word say? We won't gratify the lusts of the flesh. There's a place in God when you're no longer self-conscious. You're no longer self-conscious. You're no longer awkward around people. You're no longer fumbling. You're no longer touchy and irritated. You're not sensitive. You're not hyper. You're not addicted. Addicted to people's approval. Addicted to what, worried about what people's going to think. There's a place where all of a sudden you're just bold and 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 you're confident, and you stand strong. The favor of God does that in your life. You're free. Christ wants, Jesus wants us to be free. He wants us to be free from all the limitations that the world has put on us and walk in the freedom that is found in Christ Jesus, where we no longer fear man, but we fear God. And our fear of God means that we trust in God. We believe in God. And we do what he says to do, and we say what he says to say, and not worry about the circumstance, what the repercussions of it, what people are going to think. When people allow the anointing to flow in their lives, God loves it. God loves it. Because they are reflecting his image. They're reflecting his image. God wants, we're image bearers. Do you know that? We're image bearers of God. And, and it's just not us. The, all of humanity are image bearers of God. All of humanity were created in his image. And, and Christ wants to bring us back to our genesis on how we were supposed to be. He wants us to be born again so that we are now walking in fellowship with God. And the favor of God is, is being flowing through us. Jesus talks, talks about it as rivers of living water flowing from your innermost being. Do you feel it bubbling up at all? That God wants to get out? That he wants the goodness of God to be manifest everywhere you go? that you are an image bearer of Christ and you, we are supposed to show the world how it was supposed to be from the beginning. Where we don't have to worry, we don't have to be greedy. I'm learning how not to be irritated. 
I'm learning how not to be grumpy. Some of us, we just need more rest. But when we get out of that anointing, when we get out of that flow, that's when that unrenewed part of us, that, that, that mind renewal that needs to be done kind of takes over. No matter what your past is, no matter what your past is, listen up, because need, you need to hear this. No matter what your past is, whether it was good and just a bunch of filthy rags or if it was bad, that lies in the past. That lies in the past. God says that he has thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. And if God has went to the effort of making a sea just to throw your past into so he can forget it, what right do you have to always bring it up to him? God went to the whole effort of making a sea to throw your, your past into and you're swimming down to the bottom trying to get it back up. Why? So you can disqualify yourself. So you say, you can't use me, God. God is not an undertaker. Do you know that? What do I mean by God's not an undertaker? He doesn't put makeup on dead people. That's called religion. Right? You can put lipstick on a pig and it's still a pig, right? You can put makeup on a deceased person and guess what? They're still dead. We try to make ourselves up and we try to do the right things to be pleasing to God. We, we put it on the outward appearance, but God's not interested in that. He's interested in the hearts of man. God is not about dressing up dead people. He's about making dead people alive. He's about making us alive. And we have been made alive in Christ Jesus. We all qualify. We all qualify for the favor of God. Do you know if everybody was walking in the favor of God, if everybody was walking in the anointing, if everybody was walking in the spirit, do you know what we'd have here on earth? Heaven. We'd have heaven on earth. So we all qualify for the favor of God, but we need to learn to cooperate with God and set our passions on his purposes so it can be manifest in our lives. Amen? So all those messages that I didn't finish the last two weeks got combined in this one. But uh, we're going to continue to learn how to grow in favor with God and man, and one of the perfect examples of how to grow in the favor with God and man is the, the story of Joseph, which is a parallel to Christ. And uh, so we're going to be looking at that next week. Um, but I, I've heard some of you, I told you last week, start looking for God's favor in your life. Start expecting when you get up in the morning, start expecting. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I expect 
to have favor in everything that I do. I expect to see the hand of God at work in my life. I expect to have opportunities to be, have influence in my spheres of influence. I, I, I am walking around carrying the atmosphere of Christ in me to change the situations, to bring encouragement, to bring the joy of the Lord. Man, I need some encouragement. You guys, come on, smile at least. Come on. This is good stuff. I'm telling you, it's true. We see it over and over and over again on each of these characters in the Bible that we looked at. The favor of God is what was the difference in their life. And we need to start expecting that. The reason why God put Christ in you, what does Christ mean? Anointing. Anointed one. Messiah means anointed one. And why did he put you in Christ? Because he wants you anointed. He wants you anointed. He wants you walking around as ambassadors for Christ. He wants you walking around. And that's what Christian means, little Christ. It's about time the world out there starts calling us little Christs. Amen. Let's pray. I'll shut up. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the destiny that you have laid out. You have a blueprint for each one of us here. And on that blueprint, your fingerprints are all over it because you are molding us. You're making us. You're equipping us. You are ready. You, you have all the materials. You're ready to go. All you're waiting is for on us. You're waiting for on us to just ask, Lord, put favor on my life. Make me a person of influence. I want to make a difference in this world. I'll be faithful with where you put me right now. And I'll expect to see the Spirit of God move mightily in my life to transform the situation. Heavenly Father, we're not going to be lulled to sleep by this culture, this culture that says just as long as you have enough for you and your four, four and no more, then you should be satisfied. As long as there's peace and safety, then you should be satisfied. No, we should be deeply moved by what's happening in our culture, what's happening to our neighbors, what's happening across the streets, what's happening in the schools, what's happening in our, in our communities, what's happening in our government, what's happening in our businesses, what's happening in our economy, what's happening in the world. We need to be concerned with the things that you're concerned about. We need to see what you see. We need to love what you love, Lord. And that is every single person on the face of this planet. And we have to see ourselves that we make a difference. And in this fabric of, of humanity, you have put us in a place to make a difference. And in Jesus' name, we will. And it's in him that receives all the glory. Jesus Christ receives all the glory for because he is our King of kings, and he is our Lord of lords, and we worship him. In Jesus' name, amen.